I don't know. Duck and cover, bitches. I guess we could start, huh? Let's uh, let's begin. Right. Hi. Am I Hi. am I really loud? Hi. Hi. Uh, no, I think maybe maybe I'm loud. Hi. So uh, this is our third podcast. Yes. Number three. Oh. Lucky number three. Yeah. Ah! Um, <laughs> three is my favorite uh, number, actually. Is it really? Yeah. Well, three and five. I like odd numbers, three, five, sevens, but three is the one I tend to gravitate towards. You said three, five, seven, and all I can think about is that t- that sh- that store when I grew up, five, seven, nine. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I know of this store. What? Yeah. 579. So 579 was literally a store that had only those sizes, 579. And that was it. And it was like supposed to be like, this is the bulk of American women, blah, blah, blah. And it was like all just like, you know, your teeny bop kind of crap, like acid wash jeans and crazy shirts and short skirts. And so, or no, no, it's not 579. What is Is it? it 357? Because Regina George goes to a 357 in Mean Girls. And it's I after got it Katie wrong. Heron. <laughs> Katie Heron has uh, fattened her up and she can't fit. And then the attendant tells her, maybe you should just go to Sears. <laughs> Me and Oopsie. Brett think all sizes are perfect. I think every size is amazing. Actually, um, favorite person ever right now, um, mad shout out to um, what the, f- uh, now I can't remember her name. Um, I got my hair tossed. Like Lizzo. Thank you. Lizzo. Lizzo. Honestly, if you got a lady crush, that's that's mine. That's mine. <laughs> Good old Lizzo. I was like, oh, that girl is speaking my language. I love her. Ugh. Absolutely love her. So I'll share. I'll share something fun, which um, I'm sure um, everyone wants to know. Um, I'm suffering. This is Brett talking from this super awesome spider bite I showed Bree, and I was like, oh my god, mm. it legit looks like a vampire bite on my neck, uh, two little dots right next to each other. So it looks like I got bit by a vampire. And I'm like, I bet you people think I did this on purpose. (laughs) I mean, I was trying to figure out maybe, maybe you and AJ were getting a little bit adventurous in the bedroom. Yeah. Like for Halloween. I mean, (laughs) I, that could come off as a hickey. I don't really know, but, um, I was thinking like Halloween theme bedtime because, (laughs) you know, so some, Hey babe, what if I whip out my thing? So, um, I'm, uh, not only self-medicating, but and I apologize. That was a motorcycle at the back of my car. I heard that. I know. Guy revving up out there. Actually, there was Hi. a dude out there legit giving motorcycle lessons. And AJ's oh. like, that guy's, gonna, that guy's bike's going to be on its side later. I'm like, babe, don't jinx him. Um, so uh, I went to urgent care today and I'm on copious amounts of medication, steroids, etc. But I am in a lot of pain. Um, so I chose Jack Daniels, which is what I'm drinking now. Cheers. I Anything? like that. <laughs> I went to my bar because I did not drink the last two episodes. And I was like, I deserve it. Yes. And the only thing I had that had anything left in the bottle was tequila, I think. Mm. There is like a fourth to a half shot of gin. And there is a few <laughs> drops of vodka. And then there's an empty bottle that used to have rum in it. <laughs> we really You're need like to go almost shopping. to LIT. You're almost uh, to Long Island. Almost. Oh, almost. I know. I was like, should I just? No. No, no, I'm not mixing those. Tequila Suicide. sounds good. Yeah, it's just tequila and polar pomegranate sparkling Ooh. water. Ooh, okay. Hey, you know. It's great. It's I, working. Oh, yeah, I start school next week. My internship ended. Oh, um, bad. Like summer internship yeah. um, 
in risk management and mm. I learned a lot about insurance risk management and I loved it. It was, amazing. I mean, that's kind of a direct correlation to what we do because risk management, oh. I mean, like people have to do that in the insurance world when it comes to insuring people for their homes or their cars or whatever. And mm-hmm. like if you're buying flood insurance or blah, blah, blah. Actually, yep. I feel like most of them don't include acts of God is what they call it. So no, mm-hmm. you a lot of times have to get separate insurance if you can, and it depends where you live. Right. Uh, and yes, it mm-hmm. is. I thought about that as I was like, I want to do this. And more I thought of it, I'm like, oh, this is pretty relative to what I do at work in ways. Um, <laughs> for uh, cat- I cannot say it now. Catastrophic. Catastrophic? Yeah, I was trying to say catastrophic. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, we'll just do that. Yeah. Do you say catastrophes? (laughs) So you know what that means? It means bad shit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Start school, and I'm ready for it. And I have one year left. I graduate, and I'll be done. So yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Last year, Bree, you've got to get like into real life, like work shit. I got to get a big kid job. Hey, that's Brett. So that's Brina. That's Brina talking over there. Yeah. And this is a particularly dangerous situation. It's very particular. PDS, babes. PDS. And if you don't know by our name, particularly dangerous situation, uh, we are, it's disasters overall, but a lot of them are weather related, um, are influenced by weather. (laughs) all the weather um i don't know if you guys you you probably know this actually by this podcast alone is that brett got a mic what what um i I borrowed a mic actually so this is my boss's mic i've actually never used a mic before in my life so this is a first time thing so yay for that bonus love it um, so yeah, so Brett's got a mic and, um, I don't remember who went first last time. Um, I so. think, well, I definitely did. Well, and I think you're saying like, you go first every time because I have research <laughs> to do. <laughs> I'm like, you go first because you've researched this. Give me 10 minutes to 25 minutes while I go uh, and research it. Okay. So I'll go first. Um, okay. So, so yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, Brett for non-preparation. So what I decided to do this podcast was actually go over the something new and it was, um, very, very recent, um, happened just last year, um, the campfire. Um, this was particularly dangerous situation, but not only that, but particularly, um, devastating, uh, because it literally took out an entire town. One of the things they thought about, okay, it was like, okay, so let's look at how wildfire starts. So, um, National Geographic, um, my resource, <laughs> um, indicates that um, they're classified by the EPA as a natural disaster. Um, however, only 10 to 15% actually occur on their own in nature. So on their own in nature would be something like, um, uh, let's see, uh, the vegetation being exceptionally dry. Mm-hmm. And if there was something that happened that was weather initiated, and I was doing finger quotes just now for those of you who can't see, like uh, <laughs> lightning or something, like if yes. lightning hits, and so it's not like someone throwing out a cigarette and burning down. It's correct. Nature caused it. Yes. Yeah. I wonder so if animals that, count in that. Like if animals, somehow, they do. They okay. do. And I'm not sure exactly what would that what would that be what would occur. Yeah. Um, my only thought would be. This may be something that never, ever occurred in nature. I'm, I'm wondering if it's what I have it. in my head, but please go on because I'm going to compare and contrast. So deer or moose having an antler fight and sparks flying <laughs> off. 
if it makes you feel better, I had along the same lines of the hoofs hitting each other and yes, hitting, okay. or maybe hitting rocks. So we're mm. in the same. Yeah. All right. So we're in the same realm. Whether or not that's actually true or occurred, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I'm going to guess no, we have but <laughs> great imagination. <laughs> that's a movie, straight up. It says that only 10 to 15% of fires occur on their own from nature. nature. Um, so, mm-hmm. nachar. Are they going to say from okay, Nigeria? from nachar. I don't know how that works. <laughs> So um, that being said, usually it's thunderstorms, almost always. Mm. Um, so a thunderstorm occurs, lightning strikes, it's a particularly dry area, and it's those electrical storms. So those things are really kind of crazy. No, that's my dog. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. Um, so <laughs> um, this is that's real life recording here. Just real so life know. recording, this y'all. You get you dogs. You get burps. You. you get motorcycles. Yeah. Until we get a studio, this is what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> also, like, this is just us having a conversation, essentially. Yes, exactly. I was having a conversation. So, um, okay. So the other 85 to 90% are human causes. Okay. So this is mm-hmm. unattended campfires. It's discarded cigarettes, arson. Um, it is um, <laughs> one that I actually heard about um, last year. And I don't know that the campfire was, the campfire was definitely not part of it, but um, uh, a trailer um, had one of the chains hanging from the bottom of the trailer. Yes. Boom. Lit a fire like that. I remember that. Okay. I remember that. So it can happen that quickly. So it's pretty insane how quickly it can happen. But part of the reason of course is again, we're in this drought situation. So these typically tend to happen anywhere between May, which is when our drought starts. And this is like California that I'm speaking about directly. So, um, Mm -hmm. so for us, it's sort of May into August, September, even as far as October until we start getting rain or any kind of moisture in the air, um, where we are directly affected by stuff like this. Um, Mm -hmm. with other states, it's, it could be year round. Um, I lived in Vegas for about eight years. And while I was there, I felt like wildfires would kind of spark off whenever, um, because we just didn't have the moisture period, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and again, it's that super bone dry vegetation. Um, usually you're in an area that tends to be um, predominantly windy or very susceptible to wind. In Vegas, it was, we were in a bowl, like we were in the valley and it's just like wind would whip in and whip out. And as it did it, it would take whatever it would whip it. And if you had fire, look out, that shit jumps. So it's going to take the fire. Exactly. That's yep. Crazy. So, um, with those particular ingredients, boom, it just, it's going to wreak absolute havoc. It's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. So whether it's natural, whether it's man-made, um, it creates the fuel that a fire needs to legit just go. Oxygen, mm-hmm. heat source, boom, done. And it's like, there you have it. Um, the fuel itself. Um, uh, so again, I'm still kind of like direct quoting from National Graddock, the fuel itself um, is a fire. So the most wildfire prone state is California. Dun, 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 dun. I happen mm-hmm. to live here. Um, so uh, interestingly enough, they actually already have the data. We lost 1,823,153 acres of land to 8,000 wildfires last year. In 8, one year? In one year. Wow. Yeah, I just live in devastating as well. And it was yeah. a normal thing for things to be on fire. Oh, shit, that's right. Summer. I always keep forgetting. So yeah. you were Chico, right? Well, or no, I was uh, Paso Robles. Paso Robles. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So or El also Paso de Robles. Yeah, Paso de Robles. Yeah. Um, also, yes, very experienced with the whole wildfire situation for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is, is that um, one of the reasons California is so susceptible to this is because we have those hot, dry Santa Ana winds. So they carry mm-hmm. literally everything with it. And it's, it's just insane. So again, you need fuel, you need air, you need heat. Fuel, mm-hmm. again, uh, is the trees, the grasses, the brush. We have an ample amount of it in here in California because we have this like really great temperate climate where we can grow palm trees and bushes and beautiful grass and blah, blah, blah. Cause we have these amazing temperate mild winters with nice rainfall. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, boom, everything. And it was funny cause I thought it was a joke. I remember when I moved here, AJ, I moved here and it was already brown. And everybody's like, oh, no, no, wait. Like in May, there's literally like two weeks and all of a sudden the hills are brown. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. No way. I'm like, it's got to take longer than that. No, it's not a joke. It literally takes two weeks. Boom. Brown. Everything. Um, I actually didn't see real greenery, like actual plants uh until I moved to the south. Like Uh it's called the Golden Hills. I'm from like the Golden Hills because it's all yep. brown. And so, yep. yeah, when I moved to Atlanta, I was like, what is this? Why is everything <laughs> so green and alive? Oh well, yeah. I mean, now, and especially you're in the Pacific Northwest, like you, yeah. that's, oh, that's as green as it time. gets. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, heat sources, um, lightning, campfires, cigarettes, etc. the sun. I mean, like everything literally is just the, the, the conditions are ripe for the taking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the most common in the U.S. is in the West because there's heat, drought, and frequent thunderstorms. So it's basically, boom, it's a trifecta of perfection for them to yeah. just be like, hey, fire. Um, mm-hmm. Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Washington, Colorado, Oregon, and California. Now, most people are like, wait, Washington and Oregon, that doesn't make any sense. They're the Pacific Northwest and they're so moist and blah, blah, blah. Um, interestingly enough, so I lived in Oregon for a short time. And I used to visit an area called Bend. And in Bend, uh, they had um, very dry locations. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I lived in Oregon for a time mm-hmm. and I used to visit Bend frequently. And Bend is actually considered what they, I guess they call high desert, correct? Like kind of like in areas in California. So I'm, I think parts of Eastern Oregon or Washington, maybe like that too. Yes. Yes, exactly. So like basically once they hit June, boom, it's like, it's ripe, completely Mm -hmm. ripe. Everything's dry. It's super, super hot. They have these very odd thunderstorms or it's just like, Hey, guess what? So I had learned about, um, they're not called playing fires. What the hell are they called? Now, I should know this because I'm doing a weather podcast. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of what the storms are called uh, when you get the light, heat lightning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Um, hold on. They're called, give me a second. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's an arsonist. <laughs> uh, Wrong kind of fire a, Controlled burn. Thank you. Jesus Oh, Christ. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was escaping Got me. It. So um, in Oregon, that's where I first learned about controlled burn. Um, mm-hmm. so I remember visiting my friend, Allison. Hi, Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember visiting her in Bent and I was like, you know, what are these guys doing? They're like walking through the forest, like literally just going boop, boop, like lighting fires. And I was like, what the shit's going on? Uh, turns out controlled burn. I didn't realize that what they do is they basically light a fire, um, and it creates something called back burning 
Um, and it's a natural, it creates a natural fire break. So essentially it, it kind of burns, not burns itself. It, it burns itself out, but not burning itself. I don't, I kind of really don't know how, how to equate, equate it. Um, let me see. I think so. Oh, oh, here we go. I should probably look at the USDA fire service just to double check this. Um, uh, terminology, fire terminology. This is where Caleb would be amazing right now. Oh, yes, <laughs> where the F Caleb. is your husband? <laughs> he is being a firefighter right now, right? a volunteer right? firefighter at the station. God damn it, Caleb. Where he's, are you? <laughs> he's yet to actually do anything with the fire though, but it would be helpful to have him because he knows yes. about this shit. Um, a little so, bit, um, control line, uh, built or natural fire barrier, treated fire edge used to control a fire. So mm -hmm. essentially they do these control burns because it actually does help control a fire. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, very, uh, very cool stuff. And um, I, like I said, I've, I've never seen it before until the first time I went to Bend and I was like, holy shit, they're actually doing control burns. This is pretty cool. Like to actually see it in person. <laughs> so um, the campfire, uh, that um, it, first off, it was probably one of the more devastating fires. I know it's not the most devastating, but it was definitely one of the more devastating because it destroyed almost 15,000 residences, um, which is about the size of Chicago. Um, if you, if you look on a map, it's, it's 15, pretty intense. 000. Yeah. It's a lot. And I mean, I don't, I don't talk about like destroyed, like you can go in and kind of pick things out here and there. I mean, destroyed level, literally nothing left straight ashes, Aww. everything gone. Um, Cal fire, God bless them. They're amazing men and women. Mm -hmm. Um, they spent 17 days beating back the blaze. Um, it wow. was, um, across 153 acres of Butte County in, uh, which is North of Sacramento. And, um, they did have a few days of rain, which actually helped them get kind of a foothold on the fire. Um, but I think if you kind of Google it, you'll see that there was also some issues that came from that too, because it created like mud and landslides and, but you know what I mean? It's like, it was kind of a cacophony of all this like natural weather shit that happened that like led to this really, really sad event, like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and let's see. So ba -ba -ba. Um, it killed, I think more than 85 people. I know it was more than 85. Um, uh, let's see my last count, um, of those that it took out, which is, is not pleasant and it's not, not believe me, it's not something that I'm trying to focus on, but at the same time, it's kind of like one of those things that you, you want to know about. Well, I think um, it's important to, um, know that there were victims of these kind of things and correct. to continue to like, cause that's part of the prevention part too, of like finding ways to prevent things like this, to prevent yes. more deaths correct. and injuries. Yes. Um, one of the things of course is definitely always being repaired, but, um, if you're, if you're looking at, um, scenes from above, they're, they're pretty intense. Like, uh, mm -hmm. there's lots of pictures that they've taken from above, um, like, uh, 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 not droids. What are those things called? Drones. Um, that are so immensely, I mean, it's just like, it's devastating. Um, mm -hmm. it was the sixth deadliest wildfire, um, overall, um, in, and I think all of the U S in, in far as, as far as natural disasters go, it was the most costly, 
Uh, I mean, if you, if you imagine that many, what did I say, 15,000 homes <laughs> or 150,000 homes? Um, oh, 150,000. That makes, because you said 15,000 earlier. No, it's was 15,000. Like, I'm sorry, 15,000. Yes, no, that's correct. Okay. But still, 15,000 homes. I mean, in Northern California, yeah. that's, that's that's a lot of freaking homes. Freaking pricey. Yeah. Um, total damage. Uh, actually, so the final, final count was, yeah, 85 fatalities. Um, there is one person still missing. So there actually still is somebody that's unaccounted for. Um, 12 injured civilians, two prison inmate firefighters, and another fire, three other firefighters <coughs> were injured. Um, when did this covered, happen? Uh, it was November of last year, I believe. November 8th wow. is when it started. November 8th. Wow. Yeah. Um, Butte County is the area, but say, I don't, I don't, you know, it's so funny. And and so little sidebar here, the -hmm. whole County thing is really fucking frustrating. And I apologize, but I, you know, I get that if you live somewhere and they're like, you live in blah, blah, blah County and you get to know that. But I was traveling through, where were we? Texas, Oklahoma. I can't remember with my ex driving cross country and we were hearing tornado warnings on the radio and it's whipping and it's blowing and it's crazy. We don't know where to pull over. We pull over in Shamrock and he's like, we're not staying here. It's, it's too small of a town. I'm not, no, we need something bigger. And I'm like, okay, great, whatever. And like a tornado cares. Uh, so we <laughs> drive on further. I'm glad we did. Cause guess what? Shamrock literally got eaten up. Literally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lucky. Um, or fortuitous. I don't even know. Um, but, uh, they, the entire time on the radio, entire time, blah, 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 County, blah, 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 County. If you're in blah, 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 County, I was like, what the, name the goddamn city. I don't know where the counties are, you know, and it's, it's difficult. And I really wish, and like, Hey, whether people out there like, yes, counties are important because if you live there, you know, but if you don't, and you're traveling through like New Orleans, Blah, 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 parish is affected. Do you know where that parish is? No, you don't. You just know you're staying in New Orleans. You know, you're, you're yeah. staying in Northeast New Orleans or Biloxi or whatever, you know, like you just don't know that. And it's very frustrating. So um, heads up to all weather people. Announce the county, great, but also announce the city or like give us some coordinates. More information. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> at least it's a, help. at least it's a little bit easier if you have a yeah. phone. Yes, with like, true. you know, like a smartphone, but it wasn't always like that. Mm-hmm. And still, you still, it got is such a pain in the ass to figure out where you are. Where 1998. That's when this Ugh. happened. I think it was 1998. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have like 19, nothing. 1998, 1999, something like that. Yeah. And it was just a radio. And it's like, we didn't have smartphones. And it's like, I don't no. know. What the, Did you have phones know? then? I mean, no. like, I know phones existed, but a lot of people didn't have them regularly. Like I, cell We had, uh, what is it? The Nokia brick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, girl. What, what? All right. Uh, so total damage for this particular fire, 16.5 billion. That's with a B folks. A B billion. One quarter of the damage, 4 billion was not insured, which totally sucks. Um, and the worst part, like I said, like it it was a concophony, a a concophony. Hello. Nope. Uh, (laughs) cacophony of, uh, weather events because literally right after this fire was like almost put out ginormous rainstorm first one of the rains of the season wow yeah yeah they were like fucked like oh by the way all of your shit burned down and now it's complete mud like yeah horrible horrible and it might have been the fire that um produced some of the landslides yes 100 percent yep 
I forget that, what it does, but there's some about, oh, because um, if you're like burning the roots and stuff, it loosens the ground. Yes, the there you burn. go, Brie. Here's in the knowledge. Yes, 100%. Oh my God, dog is telling me. Interestingly enough, fire, okay, remember, began November 8th. It was not put out and 100% contained until November 25th. Wow. Yes. That's a long time. That's oh, definitely really? like two weeks. Yeah. Two and a half. Almost three weeks. Wow. So pretty intense. Um, that, I mean, it, they literally, it, it took so, so long for them to get this contained. Um, so let's see. I'm looking at the fire prevention and um, infrastructure over. Okay. So... Um, Again, you're looking at the fuel, mm-hmm. uh, heavy grass cover because we had a really wet spring. And actually, interestingly enough, this is really crazy. So this is on the heels of one of the wettest springs on record. Okay. Like, we had amazing growth of like all the trees and the grass. And the, the, you know what I mean? It's like everything grew exponentially because guess what? We had an amazingly wet spring. But yeah. then we had a super dry fall. So nothing happened as soon as fall started. Um, mm-hmm. We had decreased humidity. Um, we had unusually dry fuel. Um, so very, very low moisture level and everything that was, that had grown. And then, of course, we had very, very high winds. Um, the Santa Ana and Diablo winds were going nuts. Um, the day of the fire, uh, the fuel energy release component was above historic record for November 8th. Um, the first wow. rainfall. Um, for fall is around November 1st and we hadn't had anything. So it was like literally the highest risk possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so interestingly enough, uh, PG&E, uh, shout out because, you know, I have them, but at the same time, everybody's pissed at them still. Uh, they Pacific, said they- uh, Pacific? Because we uh, have Pacific PG&E gas. Here, but it's different. Yeah. Pacific Ours gas is Pacific and- Gas and Electric Company. Okay. Yeah. Um, they notified customers two days before November 8th that it might shut down power because of high winds and low humidity. Um, unfortunately, they didn't do so. Uh, the National Weather Service issued a red flag warning for most of Northern California and Southern California throughout that morning. Mm-hmm. Early November 8th, Jarbo winds formed a hot catabatic wind. Okay, I'm going to um, look this up here. Okay, catabatic wind comes from the Greek katabasis, meaning descending, a uh, technical name for a drainage wind that carries high-density air from a higher elevation down a slope with an unusually high force of gravity. Uh, okay. So pretty freaking intense winds. Um, it's been heated with compression as the elevation drops. So basically it's going through these hills and it's just like, bup, 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 bup. It, imagine just sort of like super heavy, heavy, heavy pressure, right? Um, on November 8th at 6.15 a.m., there was a problem on a PG&E power transmission line above Poe Dam. Um, so I don't know if you guys know, but PG&E is actually going bankrupt. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so they claimed, I think, Chapter 11 or Chapter something. I don't know, whatever. They, they claimed bankruptcy. And they basically was like, so now all these claims are being filed. Um, they did the no-no. Like they, somebody noticed a problem and it wasn't stated as my understanding. I could be completely wrong of this, but I, my understanding is that they just didn't do due diligence and then this shit went down. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Uh, a fire under power transmission lines near Poe Dam was reported to Cal Fire by a PG&E Rock Creek powerhouse worker at 6.33 a.m. First reported to the powerhouse by a PG&E field crew, the location was accessed by Camp Creek Road above Poe Dam and Feather River along the railroad tracks. Soon after the report... A um, officer was dispatched. Within minutes, a few other people, most of them PG&E workers, called about the fire. An electrical machinist took two photos of the fire at 6.44 a.m., and it had already grown to 10 acres. Oh. So I'm sorry. That's um, 10 minutes, 11 minutes, 11 minutes. So almost like a minute an acre. It pretty much. Acres yeah. are pretty big. That's a good. It's a lot. Chunk I mean, of land. Yeah. It's How big you know is an acre. Let me look up real quick. Yeah, it's oh, it's so bad. Um, four four minutes later. Siri, how big is an acre? <laughs> Did you just Siri that shit? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, point Three with zero zero one six miles squared. That doesn't really help us though. No, because it's like it's. I, I don't want to say it's relative, like, but like, so if you think about an acre, I feel like it's like if you're living in like row homes, um, it's like 10 row homes, maybe. Like, it's a lot. I'm trying it's, to think. Uh, oh, an acre's a lot. 43,560 square feet. Okay, that's like several houses. That is <laughs> a lot. My apartment's like a thousand square feet. So yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot, people. Yeah. And in 11 minutes, no less. Wow. So four minutes later, two other employees sent in 21 photos and three freaking videos going like, hey, guys, hey, this shit's happening. Let's go. That afternoon, airborne observers noticed that an insulator had separated from the tower. PG&E later reported that the power lines were down. Ten minutes later, um, the first unit was on scene. And they observed rapid fire growth and extreme fire behavior. So if you like look mm-hmm. at extreme fire behavior, that means it's just like literally whipping in every direction. It's jumping. Um, and you have everything that's ripe for the opportunity for, you know, continuing to go on and create bigger fire. Um, yeah. And access that is to the incredibly fire, dangerous. Exactly. The whole problem was, well, not the whole problem, but a, a big portion of this problem was the access to it was through a very, very narrow road. Um, and it was not big enough for fire engines to get to like, they just, it just wasn't. So they had to wait for air resources and air resources take time. Cause you have to be like, okay, here's the call 645 AM. Um, normally it would come within 30 minutes, 714. Great. You can start putting fire out. No, the winds were too high and the aircraft was prevented from getting there in a timely oh, manner. Oh, yeah. and that's yeah. also really dangerous again. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, so at 7.23 a.m., Butte County started evacuation. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, by 8 a.m., the fire entered the town of Paradise. And I think at this point, um, our listeners will know um, what fire this was because Paradise has been all over the news everywhere. That was the town that was literally decimated. It's been wiped yeah. off the map. There is no Paradise. There's See, no I knew this as the Paradise fire. fire. Yep. But it started yeah. out as a campfire. So it's like, okay. it, it is a campfire. But I mean, it did, but it's the Paradise Fire because that's the town it took out. Like, legit yeah. just ate it. Um, so uh, the wind speeds were 50 miles per hour and kept getting stronger. So they literally just could, they, there's no recovery. There's legit, it, it, how, how, how are you going to recover from that? Like, you yeah. just don't, you can't stop wind. Um, due to the speed of the fire, they were unable to prevent 
uh, the flames from getting out of control. So um, for those of you that don't know or don't have experience with fires, basically, if you have wind that high, you literally all, all you need is a spark, just one tiny ember, one, and it floats on the wind and then it'll light the next house on fire and so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And it just literally engulfs everything. Um, and it I, could even pick up pieces of like something that's already on fire too. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Um, so on November 10th, an estimate placed the number of structures that have already been destroyed at 6,700. So it surpassed the Tubbs fire, which everybody already knew about at that time, at least in California. Um, and the Tubbs fire destroyed about, uh, almost, almost 19,000, um, structures. Wow. <clears throat> uh, by November 15th, 5,596 firefighters, 622 fire engines, 75 water tenders, 101 fire crews, 103 bulldozers, and 24 helicopters from all over the Western United States was deployed. Um, you guys probably had people coming down from Oregon. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we were drafting literally everyone we could to get this fire to go out. Um, it's kind of first- part of the firefighter code too is oh you, yeah you, you gotta help you out every, your brothers yeah, yep. yeah. you're, you're brothers, you go where you're needed non-gender friends <laughs> <laughs> brother brother s I'm, I'm sorry like you're you're my brother in hard times girl <laughs> oh i like that <laughs> my dog's my brother what up bro Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's see. Um, Each day, containment increased by 5%. Um, So that's not a lot of containment when you think about the amount of acreage that it took out. Um, The timeline on Wikipedia shows November 9th that the fire had burned already 20,000 acres. So that's a day, one day, 20,000 acres. Um, They... Uh, by the the twenty, or I'm sorry, by the seventeenth, it was 149,000 acres, but it was only 55% contained. So it was only halfway contained, which means the other 45% was burning out of control. Um, by the 22nd, they had it 90% contained because on November 21st, rain started falling. Thank God. Um, I know. Thank God. Um, it was minimal, but it still was helpful. And by the 25th, they did have 100% containment. Um, The discovery of fatalities was the hardest part of it because um, it was like every day it was uncovering something new because they just couldn't get to who they needed to. Um, It's disturbing. And I know it's hard for a lot of people. Um, I don't know if um, uh, people have experienced um, dispatch or 911 calls or whatnot. I mean, I know that uh, I'm a huge fan of um, MFM, huge podcast. Throughout. What, what? Like shout out. Um, and those girls, I know that like um, uh, Georgia's like, no, no, no. I, I can't listen to 911 calls. Like, cause they're really hard. I, I don't like 911 calls either. Right. They hurt a lot. So watching those is one thing. And then watching a video is like, 10 times that. So oh. naturally I'm, I'm one of these people that like, I, I, I love the macabre, but I, it's not that I thrive on it and I enjoy it. It's just that like, I'm fascinated by it. Right. So, um, for me, it's just, I just find that like, Oh, oh my gosh, like, wow. Like, what is it like to be there? You know what I mean? Um, and the unfortunate thing is like, they do have video of like people who are legit caught in the fire and did pass away. I hated to watch it, but at the same time, I felt like I needed to because mm-hmm. I wanted to understand. 
and and know like this is what they're going through and and how bad is this you know because it's like you watch it on tv and you're just like oh my god this is pretty bad fire but then you're watching these videos and these people posting it it literally looks like you're in the gates of hell you are in an absolute inferno 360 so intense they talk about the heat um, mm-hmm. and how intense it is when you're in it and it's just like oh my god it's just insane um, it's just glowing glowing. You can see the glow everywhere, but at the yeah. same time, you can't see anything because smoke everywhere. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like you have, you have, you have bursts of, I can see, and it's just like fire, 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 shit. I can't see anything. Fire, 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 shit. I can't see anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, ah! yeah. So, um, overall again, like I said, the grand total is 85 had passed away or 86, um, had passed away. Um, and it was a sequence of like, you know, they found this many bodies on this day and this many bodies on that day and so on and so on. Um, the town of paradise was destroyed within the first six hours of the of the fire that's the most devastating thing to me and i was like oh 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 my god six hours six hours like i can't pack my house in six hours like you don't get to pack you you don't get to pack anything you just leave but it's like they didn't really have much warning because it was moving so fast also yes yep um it destroyed nineteen thousand buildings uh, most of them were homes, um, five public schools, a rest home, churches, part of the Feather River Hospital, a Christmas tree farm, a shopping center, um, several restaurants, etc. So basically, they were like, hey, look, um, go go look through your stuff, but you got to get in and get out. Like, um, they didn't yeah. want people there. Um, there was part of the reason why they had all this stuff going on and like all the chaos involved because traffic were jams were happening because the evacuation routes weren't clear. Um, cars were being abandoned. People were getting out and running. Um, you know, the fire overtook their cars. Mm-hmm. There was, there was four people fire overtook their cars. They just, they had no way to get out period. Like there's just, it just not happening. Yeah. It's terrifying. Um, they talked about evacuees jumping into a reservoir to escape the flames. Sorry, I'd do the same thing. Find a swimming pool and duck. Because like yeah. that's how, I know it sounds crazy, but out of all the the movie things and happenings that you've seen on TV, that's the one thing that I would hold true. Jump in a damn pool. Hold your breath, use a straw, whatever you can, because like it's it's a lifesaver for people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um they uh let's see investigation again proved that pg&e was responsible for the fire so hence all the claims everything that's going on with regarding to that with regards to that um it says that a distribution line in concow malfunctioned and it was considered a second ignition source the original ignition ignition source excuse me um a hook designed to hold up power lines was broken Mm. I was like, what? It was a oh, hook? That's... A fucking hook? What does it hook do? It held up power lines. I guess power lines fell. Oh, okay. Maybe that was okay. And I was like, are you shitting me? That was that was it. That was it. That's what that and I was like, whoa. So I get it. You know, like they didn't they didn't maintain infrastructure, they didn't maintain equipment, hence they're they're liable. You know what I mean? So um, they did put up several, several evacuation centers. Um, one was a Walmart store near Chico. I don't know if you saw that. I feel like you did. Like they had like tents and shelters and stuff in the Walmart. Probably. Um, all over the news. Um, they, <laughs> one place called their camp Wally world. 
<laughs> I, I just find that so sweet. I was like, oh, That's really cute. <laughs> um, my husband and I actually, I remember um, the um, group that he works with, they actually were like, hey, we're donating to Campfire. So he and I went to Costco. We picked up things that they had on the list that they needed, which was like underwear, shoes, feminine products, diapers, wipes, things like that. So we, we donated as best we could as well. We donated pretty heavily um, to the campfire um, because these people literally lost everything. Um, it was definitely one of the biggest burns on his, in history and on record. Um, again, climate has a lot to do with it um, and just being aware. Um, I think the lesson learned from this is like know your evacuation routes um, and with regards to city and state governments, plan your evacuation routes very carefully so that everybody who is living there knows them and knows where to go. Um, it's difficult with something like this because the winds were so, so high that yeah. it literally just threw fire everywhere and people were just like, holy shit, it caught so fast I had no chance. Um, so I get it, um, but it's, it's pretty scary. Um, just thinking about it. Um, since then, yeah. um, so let's see. The first two building permits were reissued for Paradise after f- um, almost five months mm-hmm. in March of this year. So we're in 2019. Um, if any of you are catching on late to our podcast, mm-hmm. um, so um, local policymakers want to promote rebuilding. Um, and they want higher standards for fire-resistant construction. Um, mm-hmm. This kind of alludes to our next podcast because we're going to talk about how it affects building codes um, and, you know. How disasters do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So disasters really definitely put um, a, a footprint on how we should continue to build and sort of live. So campfire oh, yeah. was pretty devastating, y'all. Um, it it took out an entire city. Yeah. And people were left completely, you know, just without anything. And like, you know, when it comes to rebuilding, you don't really rebuild very easily on something like that. So. Oh no, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear like one of the wholesome, sweet, positive stories that came out of the fire? There's a few. Yeah. There's a few of them. This is, I would say my favorite hero story. Mm. So Alan Pierce was a nurse at the hospital. And they were trying to evacuate the hospital and he had a Toyota Tundra. Yeah. And so he loaded up with some people and drove through the flames because they were supposed to clear the path and then turned around and got more people who just newly arrived to the hospital. So he was oh. himself saving people and driving through the flames. Love it. So somebody posted a picture of his truck and I think we'll post this on the media. Insta. Because it yeah. is... Yeah, it is burnt on the. It's a white truck burnt, and so there's burnt. I remember that. Yes. Oh my god. uh, Shields melted. Like everything's melting off it, and they were like, "We didn't know if we're gonna make it. We couldn't even see in front of us." It's so Um, hot in there. I remember them saying, "Oh yeah." I think they did video too. Yeah, they did some video. Yeah, Yeah. like the passenger, and then um, so somebody posted he did or someone else being like, "Oh yeah, like I don't think my Toyota Tundra will really be able to drive anymore," and they. responded back like, oh, no worries. We'll get you a new one and gifted him a new truck. Nice. Because yeah. he's a hero. Yay, Toyota. Love Yay. you. I love when companies <laughs> do that. But and they apparently somebody also set up because he lost his house in the hospital be, yep. you know, where he worked. Yep. Uh, so somebody set up a GoFundMe for him where he That's made awesome. almost $30,000. Fantastic. Uh, to help. But yeah, that um, 
there's also videos of like people on their ring and people knocking. There's this guy who's knocking for like yep. two minutes, I feel like. And he's like, I, I know you're in there and you have to wake up. And the people are yeah. like, what's up? Like, we have to evacuate now. Yep. Um, I mean, it literally, really because of how quickly it lit and how, how much it took out, I mean, mm-hmm. it was all hours of the day. So it's like, you know, I mean, I think I know that there were several videos and postings where people were like, well, I went to bed thinking, you know, that, oh, they have a 55% contained. We'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not fine. Yeah. So at, at, yeah, at any hour that, you know, people would just come knocking and be like, get the yeah. fuck out. GTFO people. <laughs> yeah. So, so not to those. Heroes, yeah, um, their own lives to save. I just can't get over that. Sorry, I know, I know it's amazing. I think that's, I mean, I would hope that I would be in that situation at some point. That, like, if I was ever, you know, posed with like you have the opportunity to save somebody, that I'm, I think, that quickly on my feet and that I would save somebody, but who knows, you know what I mean. I'm going to be the idiot that just stands there and goes, look, fire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I feel like I just get in shock and it depends. I might, I mean, you're risking your life and that makes it hard too. And that's, you're risking probably other people's lives sometimes too. So it's a gamble and sometimes it doesn't always come out as as great. planned, but as, as, as yeah, not as great, but as, as many survivors essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. It was sad. And like I said, there's, there's actually so much more to this story that we could go over and maybe even touch on like when we go over mudslides and, and floods, because, mm-hmm. um, that definitely was an aspect because we had some heavy, heavy rainfall right after the fires. And when you have that much ash, it creates just an absolute chaotic event, um, as well. So, um, we might touch on that later, but, um, yeah. I think it's your turn. I think so. I yeah, think let's, I'm ready. Oh my God. So it's like, I would say back to the future, but we're going back to the past. We're going back to the past. <laughs> yes, um, the past. I wrote these notes a couple days ago. And so I was like, uh, I'm already <laughs> uh, forgetting stuff. I actually wrote it out almost like a script. So we'll see how this goes. Nice. I feel like doing this research, I feel like I'm writing geology like reports, which is kind of fun. <laughs> Only like, well, not I mean, we as kind of are through. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we kind of are. I would say I might be even more through in a geology uh, report, but also this is a podcast and you don't want to be listening to me talk for three hours. We're so, not trying to bore you. No, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to get you ex- interested. We, in we want things. to entertain, but we also want to inform. Yes. It's a mix. And Plus we we're also to- like, morbidly curious about all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just kind of nerdy a little bit. Yeah. A little, little nerdy. <laughs> I'm a nerd. So, oh yeah, definitely. Um, today I'm going to do Missoula floods, which have you heard of these? I, I actually have not. I, this Excellent. is, this is something new to me. Yay. Yay. So, um, I can preface, uh, preface this with there from our knowledge are no deaths from these floods and you'll see wow. soon. Oh my God. So um, that's kind of a nice way that we'll end on a thing where it's yeah. like, I don't think anyone. As, as opposed to all my deaths. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an unfortunate aftermath of yeah. disasters a lot of times though. Yeah. Um, so I, I have my big old list of uh, references. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So Wikipedia, Glacial Lake, M- Missoula. I almost said Missouri. Uh, <laughs> Glacial Missouri. Lake. Missoula.org, LAFI.org, DiscoveryMagazine.org, Oregon Live, HugeFloods.com, um, on OB. Yeah, that's a that's a site, and it's not a porn, uh, <laughs> as much as it sounds like it. Wow. Uh, what insight? Just kidding. Uh, 
Um, OPB, I watched in, uh, Sculpted by Floods. And then Nova has, I actually didn't get to see any Nova video, but they have a site that's kind of interactive for the mysteries of the mega flood. Wow. Um, and history.org. And then I kind of want to dedicate this uh, research to my 2015 summer geology teacher who took us on a field trip to see some of the stuff. Oh my uh, God. Marjan Rodine, where I nice. was a freshman in college. Hi, Marjan. College. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm, I apologize now, Marjan, if I. I, I want to say Marjan, but I think it's Marjan Rodin. And I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but <laughs> thank you for telling me this. Uh, she's an amazing science teacher and got me really even more so into Love geology it. and this kind of stuff. So yeah, it explains some of my nerdy, even as a math major, I still love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so in Western Montana, an ice sheet to the North held back the glacial Missoula Lake during the last ice age around 13,000 to 15,000 years ago. Okay. So it's the last ice age that we had. The lake is part of a 300 mile long Clark Fork River. So um, that means, you know, the river connects to this lake Mm -hmm. and was about 3,000 square miles and contained about 500 cubic miles of water, depending how full it is um, at a given time. Okay. So the ice from this ice sheet and the cold and the fact that it's ice age created a dam to the northern arm of the lake. And I want to say this arm is about like a half mile wide. Um, And the Blackfoot river valley this is the arm the small gap and Mm -hmm. this is where the shit goes down or the shit would go down and yes i wrote that down so again this is when shit gets wet so you have this ice dam that's naturally created and the pressure of the water as the um and it does depend how thick the ice is to how much water of course Mm -hmm. um but the pressure of the water would be too strong for the thinning ice dam because sometimes it'd warm up again and it would shatter it. And this rush of water pushed through the Clark Fork and Columbia River, emptying the lake in 48 hours. So that is- Whoa. Yeah. 400 or 500 cubic miles of water emptying out in two days. Just like, holy shit, that is- is That's impressive. I'm really into walls of things and walls of water is one of them apparently. (laughs) Um, so this water went through Idaho, Eastern and central Washington and Western Oregon area down to Eugene. The flood would eventually finish off into the Pacific ocean off the coast of Oregon and the Astoria area, which is one of my favorite beaches in the coast. Beautiful. Um, so beautiful and so fun and great, Mm. great melodrama there. Um, so geologists estimate that this melt and freeze cycle lasted an average of 55 years in a 2,000 year span. So that 2,000 year span is between the 13,000 and 15,000 year ago. Okay. The Missoula floods are through thought to be not the only ones in the world, and there's evidence that it happened around the world. So this kind of when I bring up, we all know not. I mean, I'm sure 99% of us know about Noah's Ark. And oh yeah, the yeah. Whole story for sure. And there's nothing like hearing stories that link to those stories. Um, and this is one of the, um, this is one of the disasters and occurrences that happen that they think mimic because they would happen over. over Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. It is hard because we don't know. There weren't people that they know of in Northern America, but since they happened around the world, I mean, the Bible, there's no farmer's almanac for that time. (laughs) No, no. Uh, and also, as I said, I realized that Northern America is not where the Bibles really would be based. (laughs) Or something or somewhere in Middle East. We're too Um, hipster. Yeah, I don't know. I obviously (laughs) read the Bible so much. Um, Page after page. 
as I was researching this, I got on some like Northwest creation sites and they were trying to say there's only one flood. Uh, yeah. So let's listen to those geologists that yeah, say that's, like, that's yeah. Science not, isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> except it is. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so these kind of floods most likely happen around the world, which is really cool. Um, The water would flow at a rate that is 10 times of all the world's rivers combined. Oh, no. Which is Mm -mm. 60 times, I'm trying to like off the top of my head, which is 60 times of the rate of the Amazon River. Okay, this is the mathematician in you. (laughs) Yeah, this is, I like like to quantify things. Yes, okay. As as you all know, I totally know what these, these rates are. Hundred percent. So the flood, hundred percent. And you do too. So why do I have to tell you? So the flood left behind various clues of its existence. Uh, Mm. Some of these are like the Dry Falls in Washington that were five times larger than the Niagara Falls. Wow. Um, So there was like evidence of these waterfalls that were five times, and I want to say they're at least two times taller. Um, And this is one of the things that J. Harlan Bretz noticed. Oh, my God, Brett, what's up? (laughs) I I was thinking that. (laughs) Also, I love the name Harlan. Love it. Yeah, that's a really cool name. Really neat. I like it. Yeah. Um, So he found some of the stuff in Washington. And this is where the names, they call it Brett's floods sometimes. But they also, so you have floods named after you kind of. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> they also call it um, the Spokane floods because I think that's where some of the evidence was found at first. Yep. And this is before they knew that it tracked from Missoula specifically. Mm-hmm. So he, um, well, I'll explain how this goes. Uh, so a decade before he even visited the area, he was looking at a topological maps of Quincy Basin. Uh-huh. And the land resembled Niagara Falls to him. And he could see these like plateaus and rise and low and kind of like the ridges. And he was like, you know, the only way you get that is from water. Like, that's really yeah. weird what happened here. So um, he couldn't see any other reason than it to be water. So in 1920 is when he shared this hypothesis and everyone just fucking laughed at him and thought he was ridiculous. I'm sure. Was, like, that's the yeah. stupidest thing I ever heard. Yep. So it took another... 20 years, I want to say, 20 to 40 years. I want to say it was in 1940 um, when Joe Pardee, also known as he likes to party, thought the same thing. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> thought the same thing looking at the canvas <sighs> prairie and Lake Missoula. I hope you guys really like my dad jokes. He noticed. <laughs> you know you do. Uh, he noticed the ripple marks and some reaching 50 feet, like between each ripple, which is a huge distance for ripple marks and had no other explanation than flooding again and fast moving flooding at that. Wow. So both of them. And that's when people are like, oh, okay, you might be on something. So it's pretty much looking at the land and being like, these differences are too big to not have a substantial reason behind them. Mm. So left behind are various coolies, which are ravines. Uh, oh my God, coolie. <laughs> coolie. Yeah, I like that. Fully coolie. That's not uh Ravines, seamline hills, and islands of remnant doses, which are extensive deposit of sediment. And it's like gray oh. sediment. It's specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that okay. from archaeological studies. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. I had to Google it and add it in here. So I was like, if you don't know. <laughs> and then gravel fans and bars and um, giant current ripples mentioned above. So ice held boulders that would be dropped along through the flood. And these are mm. called erratics. Um, it also picked up topsoil, which was very helpful for future settlers. And that's what gave like Oregon, for example, some really great soil for planting. 
Um, And boulders would be picked up also, not just ice boulders, and slowly grind down and dropped off as pieces and gravel along the way to their new home. Mm-hmm. There are some boulders originally from the mountains of Montana and British Columbia in Portland now. Oh, um, stop. Yeah. So they made they it that are, far. Yeah. So like the, especially the ones in ice and the ice melts. So you can find boulders okay. from with their geological makeup of Montana and British Columbia and like just that area where um, there would be ice and the water and the boulders. And wow. they just straight up came here and either melted or picked up and thrown here and just got stuck left in fields they're really heavy really hard to push and some of them are like five feet six feet big boulders holy shit boulders wow um and there's like pictures of like oh here's a random five foot boulder in the prairie in idaho in a field and you're like oh wow that is a real thing (laughs) guess (laughs) how i got here (laughs) right which i'm telling you it's so interesting like that you find and it's like that's part of the fun part is finding the sediment and um different pieces of the land from over there over here Mm. and so that's what I really love and like I said the topsoil which is really helpful right so my favorite erratic is the Willamette meteorite um because space so and yes I wrote that (laughs) my notes too (laughs) I'm such a nerd space (laughs) space so it was found in metro Portland I want to say like around Lake Oswego um and at 15.5 Five tons is the largest meteorite found in North America, and it's the sixth largest in the world. So they're calling it a meteorite. Now, doesn't mm-hmm. meteorite indicate that like it would come from space? So did it come from space, land somewhere up near Missoula, get encased in ice, and then brought down the river? Ding, 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 ding. Correct answer. Hey, I am so um, smart. <laughs> yeah. So the strange thing was it was not found in a crater. And that's okay. part of the thing. They're like, that's weird. And so it's suspected that it was originally landed in Canada or Montana, picked wow. up for a ride from one of the floods. Oh, my God. I can't believe I yeah. got that. <laughs> yeah. No, that was perfect. And Damn. it's so exciting kind of like because they saw no crater. They're like, well, that's not normal. Um, <laughs> Where the hell does meteorite come from? Yeah, I'm it just gently landed. It just, just was like, gently. "Hey guys, I'm just just stopping in." Uh, Oregon, <laughs> like, I'm just gonna put my toe in the water here. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, gonna get my parachute. Just gonna get my parachute and land oh. gently. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. So uh, there are numerous places to visit to see this aftermath. The most popular being the Scabland Coulee. Um, it is one of the most popular ones that came up and where the water really carved in the land. Wow. I totally suggest to Google the different places uh, and look it over. Oh my God, what is it called so again? Uh, Missoula Flood and Scabland no. Coulee. Scabland? Like I have yeah. a scab on my arm? Yeah. So what kind of happened was it just made the land look gross and dry. <laughs> Uh, hence the word scab. Hence the word scab. So there's a lot of places in Washington that you can go and see. I think the scab land might be in Washington. Um, wow. Holy crap. Okay. So I just Googled this just now because I wanted to take a look at it. Wow. This is really beautiful. Yeah. That's so pretty people intense. People compare the um, kind of like how the Grand Canyon, how yeah. deep those valleys are, which I want to go visit one day. Yeah. Kind of to that. But like, you look at there's like creeks and rivers and it's like there's no way that this creek and river can make this separation of the land and no way what i mean when you have this massive amount of water pushing and breaking and making this wall it's literally mm-hmm. also breaking the mountains and the walls of where the uh, canyons are and stuff it's breaking those down every time wow so um as 
they predict that it wasn't always the same amount. And they think that the floods became smaller and smaller and smaller as the mm-hmm. ice age um, turned out of ice age was no longer being an, as much of an ice age. So yeah. it also because the um, ice sheet in Canada was melting also. So yeah. um, it wasn't holding the uh, dam as much as po- as it was. Mm-hmm. It did create, um, oh God, I wish I wrote down all this information. I'll just off the top of my head. <laughs> so there is a place that I guess you could be inspired by the dam that a lot of the water went to that now they have dammed up and it's one of like their water reserves for the area. So that's where they get all their water for that area. Okay. So what's really cool about this is, um, you know how they've been checking out Mars and everything. Oh yeah. And they're like, is there water on Mars? Same, but they're seeing same similar, similar, blah, 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 blah. nope. Similarities. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. There's, exactly. They're seeing yeah. similarities to the land. So Mars is thought to also experience similar mega floods as well. And having yeah. leave behind the similar terrain like the Scabland. So if you look at Mars and some of the stuff they have, and you look at the Scabland side by side, they look really similar, wow. um, which does begged a question, is there still water somewhere on Mars? Like, is it underground or something? Because you don't see water now. I mean, we had our no. friend, uh, the little Roly Mars rover, you know, roll around there and he didn't find any water. Roly pulling oh. around. Oh, man. I think. <laughs> what uh, you finding? Nothing. When he, because they would sing happy birthday to him and then. Stop. And, Did they and, really? Yes. And That's then so they had cute. like a happy birthday song and then went because he died. Um, oh. You know, he ran out of battery. <laughs> and I think he says like, see you. I don't know. See you later. But they write a song that pretty or they they played a song that was pretty much like, see you later. That's like, adorable. Not, this is not goodbye, but I definitely I'll want to see cry. you next time. Yeah. Oh, so uh, I can't believe how fast I did that. But that was the the floods. That's, I don't know. That's incredible. And honestly, it, it makes me want to go look at it. Cause like, I actually just Googled the Scablands and I was just like, Whoa, that's actually pretty cool yeah. looking. It's, um, quite intense. Um, it's and I really can't, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine how fast that water is going. I mean, I'm like, I don't even think I can fathom it. Like you don't want to no. be, that is like probably, so like, you know how they, they break down, um, whitewater rafting into like categories, yeah. you know? Like, oh, it's oh, yeah. cat five, it's cat three, blah, 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 whatever. You know, I'm not trying to be like all bro but like that's yeah, yeah. how I interpret it. But I, anyway. I was watching a video when they're talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, that's like a, a cat 90. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a cat, charts. a cat, kitty cat. Oh my God. What are we doing? That's a cat. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah, exactly. No, no. Well, it is like exactly that. And then yeah. it's really cool because we have like, you know, Multnomah Falls and that's yeah. because of, um, the water's carving that area. And I think a lot of the fall in the gorge because it went through the Columbia river. So that's how the Clark river hooked up with the Columbia river and became a thing. And then went through like Idaho and wash. Yeah. That was a really bad joke. Okay. (laughs) It was the third one. Did that take you a while? That took me a minute. (laughs) I was like listening. And then her face was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) I just got, I started again. I was like, Wait, hooked up and then good to see. And Idaho. Oh, you didn't. They touched me. Idaho. <laughs> yes, I mean, you is. Idaho. Oh, uh, my God. Wow, that yeah, took a second. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much stuff staying in this recording. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, um, it created a lot of the stuff around the gorge. And I think that's probably why a lot more of the lands carved out around the river of Columbia River yeah. is because of this. Um, that makes sense. 
So I'm so fascinated by the meteorite. I think it's amazing. What, how oh, how yeah. did I? How have I not gone to visit that? That is freaking cool. I want to know where the Marriott, where the meteorite actually fell, but I don't know if <laughs> it was going to say ice. Marriott. I was like, do you want to yeah. know where the Marriott is? <laughs> yes. You got to give me directions. I feel like <laughs> if it fell into an ice sheet, it probably just melted. The evidence most likely just melted away then. For sure. Which I'm 100%. guessing would probably happened if, because I feel like you'd find a crater. I mean, we have Crater Lake here for a reason. Right. I don't know. Crater, is crater Lake from, it's actually, I don't know if it's actually a crater, to tell you the truth. I think it is. Anyways, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'll look that up later. I never Um, saw a meteor, but maybe it got pushed out into the ocean. Who knows? Right? Yeah. Could have happened during the flood. Oh, and that was another thing. So the they can tell that it wasn't every flood that it made it to the ocean, or or it would, but um, not every flood was as powerful because when it was at the most like most force. Mm-hmm. Um, it would push debris into the ocean and you could find that debris throughout its travels on our plate, like on the Pacific plate, um, yeah. and in the ocean there. So they were able to do research and find that. And I thought this that was really interesting too. Fascinating. It really is. It's just, I mean, oh. I'm looking at, I mean, the picture of the Willamette meteorite is not really, I mean, it's impressive, but at the same time, I'm like, it looks like a carved out beetle. Um, it's quite I large it's in, though. I think it's in New York. No, Iron and nickel a, meteorite. That's it's, I, I'm just fascinated that a meteorite was carried on a glacial yeah. flood. That's and, cool. And remember it was carried through two and I mean, three States. Missoula is pretty close to yeah. Idaho, but like it went through three different States. The amount of water. The, the, yeah. the absolute mass of water and the amount or the inertia needed to get to gather, you know what I mean? The, the amount yeah. of speed to move something that size is incredible. Because yeah. it's 15.5 so. tons. And like, it's not just floating and chilling in the water. It had to be push and carry. Just touching its not, toe down. Just it's not down. an ice cube. So like yeah. the ice makes more sense. <laughs> right. Those are just big ass ice cubes. So yeah, big ass ice cubes with rocks in them. Yep. And to, you know, in this size of the flood, those are just pebbles and ice cubes. Like it's like nothing yeah, it's in nothing. comparison. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. We had some interesting disasters today. I mean, wow. pretty, pretty epic when you think about the power of um, earth. Yeah. <laughs> and the weather itself, like what it can do. I mean, oh, yeah. that all it takes is a strong wind and boom, there goes an entire city. Yeah. Or here comes the breaking of a dam and boom, there goes an entire meteorite, you know? Yeah. Like just, and there goes a completely yeah. new uh, topological and geolo- geography. I don't know. Like a new Here comes a new word, carving. folks. Yes. <laughs> Every episode. Wait, shit, now I can't remember. Word. What's the word we came up with in the beginning? Oh, Cat- catastrophic. Feces. Cataphyses. Catastrophes or something like that. No, I can't. You're going to have to go back and rewind it and look because uh, I'm, I'm counting on a designer to come up with a with shirt something. for yeah. that because that was That'd just be helpful. That's golden. That's oh, just gold. Man. The thing that's radio my, gold right there. When my mouth and brain connect, it comes out with some weird things. I love it. Uh, it's it's entertaining. Favorite. It's, it's entertaining for sure. <laughs> uh, you're my favorite. Don't you're tell my, my favorite. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we did yeah. well, I think. I and I was going to say, because this was still Pacific Northwest themed, yep. <laughs> kind of, yep. kind of, we stuck on the West Coast. We did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next at least two episodes, I'm moving away from the coast. East Coast. Yep. It's going to, yeah. and around the world. So yeah. 
Yeah. It's not going to be even We're going international, bitches. one of them aren't even in North America anymore in our continent. So wait, did the yep. continent move? I'm no, confused. the disaster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did they move? No, continents? <laughs> you know what I mean now. That took Hi, yeah. We don't like it in here anymore. We're just going to move. I'm just going to move the I country. Just, I just want to <laughs> travel. I just like want to see the world and like see the drink world. different wine. Canada's just going to like pick up its skirt and walk over the sea, walk oh, over the Canada. ocean and be like, yeah, US have had enough of you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it retracted its ice sheet. It's like, I do not want to touch you anymore. You got hella coodle, cooties. <laughs> Coodles. The coodles so many, and cooties. So you got the coodles. I'm out. Hey. I am so out. <laughs> Are coodles just like weird cuddles coodles canoodling they were they were found canoodling another mean girls i mean quote there you know yeah dang all right so uh uh you want to plug our uh our our social meds so if you want to email us please do we love corrections we really do yeah we ask for any stories you have or suggestions please email us at p dangerous situation at gmail you can hit us up on that Instagram and slide into our DMs at PDS Podcast. You can retweet tweet us or I guess just tell us something and answer our weird Twitter questions that we occasionally come up with. And that is also <laughs> PDS Podcast. Currently, I'm uh, asking what disaster fascinates you the most and which one mm. do you find most interesting yourself? Yep. Um, and of course, you can find us on what it'll be soon, the non-existent Facebook, I'm sure, because people are slowly evacuating Facebook. <laughs> um, but we are there at particularly dangerous situation, and it is a page. Uh, we, I like that you uh, use the terminology "evacuate" because it oh, equates to weather. One hundred percent. I'm thinking about maybe making a group uh, yeah. that we will end up closing down one day. <laughs> yeah, because but, everybody's gone. Yeah, well, dropping but like we'll flies. That out. If you're a listener, sure. reach out to us and let us know that our numbers aren't bots. <laughs> we want to know that there's a real oh my god we have that. 12 listeners and they're all bots <laughs> yeah we can't really was it catcha listeners shit i don't know captcha i am i am not in that whole oh with the recaptcha yeah it's the recaptcha yeah where it's yeah. like tell us you're not a bot click click yeah. yeah yeah we can't do that with listeners so we actually no. want to hear your feedback and yeah hear from you yeah, yeah for sure so this was episode three fuck yeah yeah fuck yeah Super and, uh, you know, as, as we do, uh, during natural disasters, and I don't know how much it's going to help these days, but, uh, duck and cover. Duck and cover. Do we do it? Bye. Right? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs>